this is the way. This is the way. That that job biggest shit. I'm surprised you grabbed all that and cook a, a soup in there. <laughs> I'm still waiting for for like noodles in there or something, <laughs> or like chicken broth or something. Oh. There you go. Representing the local, uh, I was gonna say local retards by accident. <laughs> Representing the local, uh... that's cute. That's how I feel after this episode. <laughs> when you take off your helmet, they just make a reaction like the stepbrother's dad was like, ah! <laughs> that's when you post the Chilean like meme of me. <laughs> Chilean? You mean spicy chili sauce? <laughs> Beating a dead horse with that joke, huh? <laughs> Hi, we both have a... What do you call it? It's our father-son uh, work day. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know about your son. Your son looks more distressed. About... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like He looks like, like you bribed him to be here. Like you promised to give him his Xbox back or something. <laughs> well, look, he has little cute feet. You see? I'll probably... In post, I'll just put a Laogun Maw PNG right here for you guys. So... <laughs> I'm not how smooth it looks. <laughs> <laughs> That's quality sideshow collectibles for you. That, that joint more, uh, that joint like more scorched than a Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> that joint was crazy. I can't wait. I've I can't heard wait. Mowing the lawn, but you done scorched the earth. <laughs> <laughs> what an entrance, Shills Crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What an episode. What an episode. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely. Season, uh, I'd say we were talking about earlier, season three, uh, episode one of Mandalorian, right? Or at least Boba, Book of Boba Fett, um, like an interlude or something, like season one point two, something like that. It's like crazy. It's a great, it's a great introduction because we haven't yeah. really like, yeah, they haven't really given us anything like Mandalorian like related in a while. Actually, I like, I think, because I, I think I saw something on Disney Plus. It was like a little sneak preview of obi-wan kenobi but i think it was just like the interview that uh ewan mcgregor was in like that they showed on uh disney plus day but yeah i can't wait for that show it's that's interesting such a good time for star wars right now yeah great time I, but although i feel like it it kind of feels like a dry spell because the book of boba fett obviously mandalorian season three i think this is the entry where we talked about that last episode but like what else we had some disney plus like exclusives announced but uh no movies, right? That's weird. I wonder where they're gonna go. Maybe they w- they won't make like produce a film in a long time. Maybe it's all Disney Plus now. I don't know. Maybe that's the route they're going, as opposed to MCU uh, properties. That's an interesting uh, conversation to have later. Yeah, I, I guess. think um, I think it's kind of done now with the whole movie format because I think after the sequels, it's just kind of like they wanna. I think they wanna take a break from that. I think honestly, it's better with with these Disney Plus shows. I think Agreed. you get a lot more out of it, and you can go into lore and explore more of the mythology of Star Wars. I think, like, with a movie, it's kind of just, like, you have to pump out another, like... Well, apparently they are making another trilogy, um, from what I heard. Mm. Also, did you hear about the the thing about, um... I, I think, uh... They're making, like, new Star Wars games now? Yeah, EA, and we just did a news discussion. That's such a... Well, if you guys are listening, that that's uh, news for you. Yeah, they're... Yeah, I mean, Star Wars, they're coming out with, like, three uh, titles, I, I believe. I put, like, five fingers, but, like, three. And one of them, like, is a Fallen Order sequel, too, right? Fallen Order sequels, it's, it's like, positive. Like, yeah, that's gonna happen. But, like, I wonder what are the other two um, going to be about. RPG? I know well, they're doing... Older... clips. They show that yeah. at, um... What was it? Uh, Game Awards. So that looks really interesting. Um, but that's not a part of the three, I think. I think so. That plus the Old Republic plus three more. Obviously, one of them is probably the Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Or unless that's not included. Maybe it's just like that, the sequel, and three. I don't know. Uh, the sky's the limit. Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool, though. I, I, I'm so hyped because I feel like we need a lot more like great Star Wars games. I, I heard Battlefront 3 is like a no. At the moment, for like a long time, there is no plans for it. Um, so I, I wonder what else we'll get. Something with the High Republic, more stuff. I don't know why they don't try for like a Mandalorian game because honestly, that'd be the best. Yeah. Style, because like think about it, you have like a Mandalorian game where like you you could do it doesn't even have to be Mandalorian. It could just be like a bounty hunter game. You could just go around and like just do like it could kind of be like Cyberpunk, where like you like do missions for like these crime lords or whoever. 
you could throw like a little like Jedi Sith mythology in there, or you could, it it could be like a sandbox game, and you could just like explore the galaxy or ship something like you could customize your own ship. That'll be great. I don't know. It, it, I I would love like something like that. Well, Beyond Good and Evil, I think it's called from Ubisoft. That it's we don't know what's going on. Like the news is on a hiatus, but that you could like exit the planet. Even even uh, No Man's Sky, uh, the same thing. I mean, but you know, it does take a lot. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, maybe that's going to be safe for like, I don't know, next gen, which is funny to say because we're on next gen right now. But like, you know, later on. Um, yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, fuck, man. I just we we just need more games. What was your um? favorite star wars game growing up uh growing up which is funny i didn't play like a whole lot the only game i played which is really weird uh i got into star wars uh like when i was in the fourth grade so um battlefront 2 on psp that's what i i played a lot but i didn't know what i was doing i was just randomly like trying to fly all the time um but other than that i think really isn't that fucked up? There's not, like, too many, like, now, like, when you think about it, like, Lego. Not too many. There's a shit ton. What are you talking about? Yeah, a shit ton of Lego games. And, and, and like, older, like, what? PS1 nah, games, Dark probably. Forces, Dark Forces 2. There's Coder. Yeah, that was, the like, first. old. There's Jedi Academy. There's, uh, what was it? Um, Public Commando. Uh, Jedi Starfighter. That was on PS1, though. Like, a lot of stuff I never got. I started with PlayStation 2. I never played, like, PlayStation 1 stuff. Oh yeah, um, I mean, if you're talking about like modern times, yeah, there's not too much other than like like you said, the Lego games. But Force Unleashed, also. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot to mention. I don't know why I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, Force man, Unleashed. I'm about to revoke your Star Wars card. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my son away. Uh, Force Unleashed one way. and two. What What did you? I'm sure everything you just listed, you probably played anyways, right? Battlefront two definitely was my favorite. Uh, growing up, because uh, I used to play with my friend Matt a lot. Um, because he had a PlayStation two and I had an Xbox. And we would just like, um, we would just whenever we were at each other's houses, we would just play that, um, just because there was so much like freedom to like you know choose your own faction. Because at the time, you know, that's when uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, so I think they uh, promoted that heavily um, during the release. And actually, I have, I wish I could show it, but I have, because um, when I bought the game, a lot of people forgot about this, but uh, when you got it at Best Buy, they gave you like this promotional like art case. I'll probably uh throw it up on the screen when we edit. Um, but yeah, it was like this custom case. You like open it. It had like uh like prints inside it. So you had like the Battlefront two cover art, but you also had the Revenge of the Sith promotional art in it, which was really cool. So it was it was it like is. a great time for like Star Wars fan. And yeah, it was it was a great game. One of the best Star Wars games, definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I hopefully they could like make a big impact now. You know, with a new generation of Star Wars fans. I mean. Yeah, Star Wars is growing definitely. Um, yeah, it's being a lot more inclusive now. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to talk about this episode because uh, there's a lot we got to cover. But yeah, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Welcome, Star Wars fans, to the Lunch Table Podcast, where we geek out and discuss all your favorite movies, shows, video games, and pop culture. Carrying on with our Book of Boba Fett season one review, we've now reached episode five. And I must say, this episode blew me away. It is so good. And, uh, well, obviously, we already spoiled it in the cold open. But <laughs> spoilers ahead. Uh, so just be warned. Um, it is episode or chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian. Um, it was an amazing episode. We got to see, of course, uh, Pedro Pascal back, uh, as we predict. Just as Count Dylan predicted. <laughs> He's back, and he's at the full center of this episode. Uh, Akram, I have a lot of notes for this episode, uh, but I want to know your take on this episode because um, it's a lot to break down, so I want to hear your reaction. Well, yeah, um, I did not expect it to revolve so much around Mando. I, I thought it was going to be like a thing where Boba would get involved, like at least in the middle. Um, this was all you know, centered on Mando, as we talked about earlier. This is basically an introduction to Mando Season 3. As we mentioned in the last review, this is like an introduction to, or maybe it's going to like introduce you know, Mando Season 3 later on. Um, you have some points also, uh, which I'd like to hear about uh, how uh, Mando is like taking full stage here as opposed to Boba Fett um, and the Mandalorian season. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about that. But yeah, great episode so far. So fun, so funny. And I like how this series so far is like uh, making moves and like a lot of things don't feel too Star Wars-y, right? 
um, with the bikes. And now we have uh, like, like the little transit scene, which I thought was just was so, so weird seeing that, so like, weird. that meat warehouse. Like I would never imagine that. In Star Wars. That was such like I was I wasn't expecting Mando to come out. You know who I was expecting? I was expecting Daredevil to show up and then like <laughs> and like what's her name? She's like, oh, it's so funny because that little parrot lady that he was talking to, I was like, I thought that was Madame Gal for some reason. <laughs> Madame Gal, that's the ah, Dinjarin, Dinjarin, boo. But yeah, like, tell man, us, tell us what you thought about the episode. Yeah, it was a great episode, man. Um. It definitely feels a little out of place for Boba Fett just because it was so centered on Din Djarin. And really, we didn't see like anything like of Boba. We saw Fennec, obviously, at the end. That's really the only thing that tied it back to the series. So it does feel definitely, like you said, it feels like episode one of Mando season three. But I think, you know, because last the last season of Mandalorian we had, um, Boba Fett kind of like stole the show in a way. So I think this is a good even out, right? So now this is Boba's show, but now bringing Din in, um, he's kind of got like his one episode of spotlight, you know. So, but I'm great. It's glad to see him back. Um, so it definitely gives us context about like you know what he was up to, you know, after uh the finale of season one. So he's he's no he no longer has Grogu with him because you know obviously he gave him to Luke Skywalker at the end of season two, but he's still you know doing his like bounty thing. And this was a long episode, too. It was like, what, 15 minutes? So this was a very, like, because most of the Boba episodes, I think, run for like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so going into the episode, we start off, he's he's doing a job. Uh, and that uh, that Halo ring thing that he was in, that whole city planet thing, that was wild. I was like, all I heard in the background was, oh. <laughs> Chief. Cortana. <laughs> it was you so see, cool because it, yeah, yeah, it it was awesome to look at. It was like, uh, it it's very like retro futurism. Yeah, and I love that like little like club that we he was into with that music. It just it like I love that this series. Like I think we kind of saw with like the like the what was it the chop shop where they were getting like, right droid parts in it. So like there's like elements that are like very outside of Star Wars, and I like that a lot because it's kind of like breaking down. Or breaking away from like what the idea of Star Wars is, and it's just kind of like this more freeform storytelling. Um, but yeah, going back to the story, so he's doing this job, and uh, he's getting his this bounty, and um, I love that uh, like when the guy was like, "Uh, we can, you're a reasonable guy. Let's let's discuss our options." And then he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna give you two options. I'm, I'm gonna either bring you in cold." Or I'm gonna bring you in warm. <laughs> there you go, famous <laughs> saying. Yeah, that's such I a nice callback. Yeah. And then um so yeah, he's a, he's in this fight with these these Clatoonian guys and then he pulls out he pulls out the the dark saber cuz obviously he won it from Moff Gideon. Um what did you think uh seeing the dark saber back? That was great. Uh obviously I got it from him this later on. Side show collectible. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that was awesome, um, but I have a lot of questions cuz uh it ended with uh her like actually having it, right? Um, it, like he gave it to her, wasn't that? No, he like... didn't give it to her. He was going to at first because he w because Moff Gideon was trying to like get him to like fight Bo-Katan, and then they got interrupted because of the Dark Troopers. He was going to give it to her, but then he stopped, and then they just left it on the cliffhanger at the end. But damn! So I'm like wondering, like, how did that got resolved? Because obviously they probably have like cell phones, Star Wars -y cell phones. Like, you know what's going on? You know. <laughs> Right. It's like He's a kind of like messages. awkward thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, no, that was great. Uh, the action was like really like impactful. It was really like heavy duty. And also I didn't expect for the Darksaber to be so heavy. Um, and it, Yeah, so, that's weird. That's weird. It's like magical. We've almost never seen or... that in like, in like previous like iterations. Yeah, um, that's weird, right? That's like a little, yeah. Yeah, but we'll, we'll go more into that. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's a... Uh... And it was so violent too, like the beginning scene. It was so violent for because we yep. we've kind of had like little fights in Boba Fett and Mandalorian, but yo know, Din was like he was hacking and slashing. He was like beheading people. This was Netflix like, style. Damn, I thought I thought I was on HBO Max for a minute. I was. It's all because <laughs> like, of Moon Knight. And Moon Knight, right? like <laughs> Introducing that, remember Mandalorian night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he was like he was like cutting people in half. He was like stabbing, and they were like showing it. It's not like you know, like they just cut away. 
and then you don't see it. No, he, they were like like really exposing it. And it was so funny because those pl- those uh, poor Clatoonian butchers are probably like, uh, who's going to sign my check next week? <laughs> oh, they got plenty of credits to grab. Who's going to get it. my W-2s? Yeah. Uh, well, the IRS probably will take over soon. Probably. They'll get those credits back. <laughs> <laughs> the New Republic IRS. <laughs> and then we get, of course, uh, you know, the Boba Fett theme. And they added a little hint of uh, Mando in it, which was a really cool reference. Um, and then, of course, you know, Mando is getting information from this employer. So now there's a new hideout for the Mandalorian covert um, because, you know, obviously on Navarro, uh, the Imperials uh, killed off all the Mandalorians. So we get a new covert and we saw the return of the armor, which was awesome. Uh, I knew we were going to see her eventually. I didn't expect to see her in this episode. I thought we were going to see her maybe in um, Mandalorian season three. But no, we, we got her and, and uh, Paz, Paz Vizsla. Which was cool too, and they actually confirmed his name, which was cool because I, I know I searched the, the that heavy, yeah. heavy trooper or heavy Mandalorian before heavy infantry uh, or heavy yeah infantry. like that. Yeah. Yep. So that was awesome. They broke down a lot of lore in this one scene. They were just like going like heavy into like the mythology. Oh, there's just so much to to go over, but um, yeah, yeah. Tell me your thoughts on on you know seeing the armor back. Yeah, that whole thing, like, I I think it really kicked off, like, what's going to happen in season three as well, because he just, like, kind of dipped and just said, let me go get my ship. Uh, he probably went to get a ship just because he wanted to uh, do what, like, the armorer said, uh, like, where he had to visit. Um, but also, like, he took another job because um, that's just who he is. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see also, uh, like, how much of a role she'll play in season three of The Mandalorian. Um, will she actually be that type of role where like she's kind of like a villain? You know, it's kind of like he's trying to break um, out of that helmet, out of that shell, right? It's slowly, he's doing that. Um, he doesn't mean to, but his humanity is bringing him through. And uh, anyway, he was a rescued uh, Mandalorian from the start. So um, yep. I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see, to see I'm like stuttering right now, because, uh, <laughs> but I'm interested to see that uh, characterization of him later on. And I want to see what's going on with uh, Grogu. I think that's what's on everyone's mind is how he's going to be involved. Because I thought that that was like the end of the chapter. Like, that's it. No more Grogu. Um, but uh, going back to the Book of Boba Fett, I think that's awesome. that They're going to do another team up. I wonder what's his thoughts on, uh, the, you know, Boba Fett taking over. Um, we'll probably have Din Djarin here next week uh, to discuss with us. <laughs> but no, that was really cool. Um, yeah, and in a ship. I want to talk about the ship later, but if you have any other thoughts, uh, let's hear them. Well, I love that the armor actually, like, discussed a lot of... Because, like, she... I mean, her whole dialogue, I could listen to her talk about, I don't know, the fucking history of soup, and I would still be intrigued. <laughs> She'd be like, Progresso only lasted 10 years. Campbell's has lasted 10,000 years. It's very scary. It's very scary. <laughs> actually, no, because going into that one scene, because she was talking about um the night of a thousand tears and that was mentioned in mando season one by moff gideon right. so we didn't really get too much context of that yep. but here we get a flashback scene and we actually get to see mandalore live action for the first time um yeah we've I mean, seen it in clone wars but that was animation so we saw mandalore yep. was uh was bombed uh from the the, the empire mm-hmm. uh and they they pretty much like wiped the planet clean so we kind of saw like those little dome things that the Mandalorians lived in. So I think that was yeah. a, a really cool throwback. And um, Imagery was and great then, like, there. Like, that's such, like, a screenshot wallpaper-worthy, unless if you I like know. Death and Destruction, too. There were like... so many good, like... Yeah. Because, you know, I, I screenshotted everything, like, on my PS4 watching this. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah, were yeah. so many good, like, photographic moments in this show. It was just hard to, like, pick and choose. But, yeah, uh, and then we get... um, So, and then he, you know, he talks about, like, the things he did, obviously, he won the dark saber. She's going over like the mythology. She even talked a little bit about Bo Katan, which is really interesting. Like how like she's basically like you know the black sheep of the Mandalorians because mm-hmm. she lost her way. Yep, and that pretty much like led to the downfall of the Mandalorians. I think she even uh, I'm trying to think of that. They're one gonna fight later. Said. I got a feeling like they're gonna kind of like catch up and and like fight a little bit. You know? Yeah, um, I have a feeling. Uh, cause she said like whoever like the the saber. I forget the direct quote. She was like, one person can cause like 20 to fall and whoever something. It was like a really like, like it just resonated with me so much. But she was going into like mm-hmm. mythology and she even mentioned Tar Vizsla, which was interesting. 
yeah. was the first um, Mandalorian Jedi. So they really went deep into like lore for this episode, which I love about, you know, John Favreau and, and Filoni. They, they really like, you know, respect the context a lot. And that's Mando um, for you. I mean, even the Mandalorian season one and two, like they really, I felt like this was the connector for a lot of like the live action stuff they were going to do. And perhaps it'll connect to other TV series. Like the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett, obviously he's his own man. And even in the comics and the previous lore, he didn't really like resonate with the culture of uh, Mandalore, right? And so I like that. I like that distinctiveness. Um, and that's what I, I think I mentioned this in a later episode because these two, like, you asked why the show is called The Book of Boba Fett. And um, it's kind of like like book, it's referencing, uh, it's a biblical reference because it's like, you know, the book of John or the book of Matthew. It's like to uh, showcase like point of view. So this show is kind of like Boba's point of view, but uh, I think you even you brought up a great point earlier how this is kind of like an intermission. Um, yeah. You know, it's we're taking a break from Boba, you know, to go into like, you know, Mando's uh, side before we go into this big finale. Yep. Um, yeah. So and then the armor, she she has like a new workshop, which I, I thought was really cool. Um, and then Mando gives her the spear. And it was really interesting, like how he she described it, because she was like, "Mando, Mandalorian steel isn't meant for, for weapons; it's made for armor." And then she crafts, uh, something. So Din makes a request to her. He's like, "Uh, can you, can you make something for a foundling and a specific foundling?" And she's like, "Oh, for Grogu." And then he's he's like, "Yeah." So I they didn't really show what it was, um, but it was like they showed like little chain links. So I'm thinking maybe. He made like she made like a little chain link armor vest for him. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, you know with the Mandalorian, it's, it's it's a lot about like symbology as well, um, and so or almost like a second skin. Um, a lot of intertextuality to religions of today as well. Um, so if that has to involve something for Baby Grogu, uh, perhaps it is. Um, I don't think it's like some other necklace, or unless it'll be like a Cuban link chain with diamonds. I don't know, but. It can be like, uh, it has to be something that's symbolic, but protective. Um, and yeah, that spear part was like so badass. Cause I was like, yeah, he understands, you know, he's still like in, uh, in the culture. And it's a shame because like, he really feels like he's starting to become the black sheep, especially when so many died. Um, I'm, I, I was hoping that it was like an armor. I was like, in my mind, my fantasy, I was hoping like when she does the Iron Man hammering thing. Yeah. Pan the camera, shows like a baby, like like the ears with the, the Mando helmet. like thing, yeah. the visor. <laughs> oh God, I was hoping. Uh, what did you think about that? That that part, like that symbology too, of like uh, when he was on the space bus, right? Or whatever you call it. Um, holding a little uh, oh, Denny's the napkin, napkin. Yeah. thing. That was so cute. As soon as I saw yeah. the little folds, I was, I was like, I immediately recognized it. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's probably like the ears. Of Grogu, it was so cute. I, I love what this show does with like symbiotics, but oh god, yes, yeah. I, I it kind of reminded me of too, like the little ball that he had. I yeah, kinda, like, he kept that. It's another ball. That's what it was yeah. on the side. <laughs> it was just he, to put on his new. That's what ship. He, he asked her to craft just another ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I also love that. Uh, like he was like, you know, he's so fond of Grogu. You know, after their experience together, he's kind of like distracted in a way because you saw that with the training sequence, which I love. I love that when he's like sparring with the armor but yeah she and i love that the armor knows so much about you know jedi philosophy because she was like yeah grogu you know with the jedi they they don't have attachments so you have to kind of like disconnect and then like i guess din is so ingrained in you know mandalorian culture he's like well that's the opposite of our way that's like you know solidarity and you know um loyalty so i thought that was just interesting like two points of view um, like how the Jedi live and how the Mandalorians live. Like they're similar, but they're also like have their own like philosophies. Um, but yeah. What did you think of like that duel with like Paz Vizsla? Well, again, that was like so revealing of of the weight of uh, holding that because it's also more uh, weight. <laughs> no, but it's you know it has a lot to do with semiotics as well, right? Film narratology. Um, the weight of the sword. Right, it's also the weight that he has on his shoulders uh, to carry his people forward, and so I felt like this was a perfect example of that. And um, he's struggling, and why is he struggling? Probably because maybe he's not meant to hold the Mandalorian sword, the dark saber. Maybe uh, 
he's not full Mandalorian. Maybe it's because after he found this love with Grogu, maybe it's just that. Maybe there's something that that he can't like. He can't like live both worlds, right? And so I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking probably the most adult thing to do is to have him drop off the sword to somebody who's worth it. Um, I don't think it's Boba Fett. I think that'll be like too cliche, but it might be someone else that we know. Perhaps Sabine. I don't know because we we got casting confirmation and we have the Ahsoka series or maybe mini series coming up. Um, great fight though, great choreography. Um, even even Paz Vizsla, he couldn't really wield the sword uh, as well. Um, you know, and uh, it takes technique as well. I um, think kind of because he has like the that that Vizsla breed. Mm-hmm. He is. I love that they like he mentioned like he is a a direct descendant from the Prey Vizsla house family and John Favreau so, too. He's uh voicing. Is that John Favreau that plays him? Probably voicing the character. Yeah, sounds similar. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. He takes it off. It's just like John Favreau. Na 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 na. They just played a song. Then takes it off. It's, just, it's Dave Filoni underneath yeah. <laughs> with the cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, he puts the cowboy the, hat on. The armor is like Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I played a Dune song, like ah, right. ah. <laughs> yeah, I I love that fight. Um, because you can kind of you you saw like even at, you know it's so funny because even though they wear helmets, you can kind of see their expressions and their face. So when Paz first saw the dark saber, like they just they had a shot where like he was kind of like in awe. He was like, "Oh fuck, I know what this is," because you know my my you know relative owned this at one point. So you could see like the kind of like greed in his face. And I I love that you know, their fight just revealed so much because because even Paz couldn't handle the weight of the of the blade, which is interesting. So it's kind of like kind of like uh, like Harry Potter, like the wand chooses the wizard in a way. So it's kind of like the dark saber can like you know feel. But we've never seen that in in other like iteration like the Clone Wars before. Because like I guess you could say Darth Maul you know was more powerful. But I don't know what do you, what do you think is behind that. It's, you know, it's one of those things where at first um, they kind of write it in to symbolize something or to foreshadow something, perhaps. And also it kind of seems cool, like, oh, this Darksaber is so mysterious. It's probably the most mysterious lightsaber we've seen in uh, Star Wars canon. Um, yeah, there, but like to have like evidence of like why it's really like that, like to actually show you. Um, I guess we're going to have to see, you know, the Mandalorian is all about exploring as well and, and venturing out to the unknown. And I think we'll see that there might be some like magical ties to it. Um, and, and strongly, I think, to do with the force as well. And it, which is funny because Grogu is force sensitive. So I think it's, it's all connected. Yeah, it's because uh, the Mandalorians aren't like force sensitive. Well, maybe some are because like Tarvisla. But I, can't, I think kind of in the way the force has its own agenda. So maybe, you know, even though Din isn't force sensitive. The crystal in the lightsaber is force sensitive, you know, so it kind of has like a mind of its own. But I, I think the end of that duel is really interesting because like they even removed their jetpacks too, which is kind of like a sign of respect too. But um, so obviously you know Din wins the fight. Um, and then we get this great scene where it's like the armor reminds him of his creed, and she's like, "Have you ever taken your helmet off?" And then he's like, you know, he pauses, he hesitates because remember in season two. Uh, there were a couple of times where he he had to show his face. That one scene with that uh that imperial dude, and he he kind of just had like it was a spur of the moment, so he had to take his helmet off. So that was a great scene. I don't know why he could he couldn't just lie though. <laughs> I would have just been like, yeah, right. <laughs> like no, I never have. But you know what's the thing? Cross my fingers behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> the armorer is so wise, and she just feels like um like not a human. And so she kind of feels like a Yoda character, but like almost like a Mace Windu character in a way. And like she would know. And also it's very dishonorable. Again, Mando can't live both lives. And but the greatness about him is that he is uh, a very honorable person. And so I think that was really realistic to show. But yeah, I would have crossed my finger or like I would have smiled underneath my helmet like, no. Between, between my teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, if Anakin could lie to the Jedi Council, he could have. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. He had a helmet the whole time. It's not like he could like make faces like you could see. <laughs> she had like a webcam installed there or something like that. She was like... <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a great scene. So obviously he had to to let her know, yeah, I've taken my helmet off. So she's like, yeah, well, you broke the rules, buddy. So get out. So <laughs> it yeah. kind of sucked because after all of that, you know, it's like really like what is, what is hel- taking your helmet off? 
it's a religion. Really... It's a it's that's how, yeah. I guess it's you know, you know extreme reality of it. Bo-Katan but, um, said that too. I think she said something like that. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, Bo-Katan also like broke her own rules in a way too. Bo-Katan's but... a bitch anyway. So who cares? Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but so now Din is uh well he's still a Mandalorian, but he's no longer with the covert. So they said um the only way to redeem him is he has to go to the waters of Mandalore, like in the mines. And I guess, like, I know, take a bath or some shit. Take a bath. <laughs> you have to go to the mines and take a bath. It's like, it's like, it's like the Lazarus uh, or some shit. <laughs> ah, victory. Ah, victory. Well, maybe there's like some visionary things that he'll see there. Maybe it's like there's some type of like chemical or mineral that kind of like makes the character hallucinate. That'll be a, a cool visual thing we'll probably see in season three, like going back, seeing more of his childhood. Uh, maybe some droids like because we didn't really see him like like i would love to see teenage man though like having his own like suit of armor like how did he acquire perhaps we're going to see something like that like this is a good opportunity to show those type of like it's like luke's uh vision when he was in dagobah and he saw like darth vader yeah. maybe perhaps that's gonna happen yeah and i would love to see like more of mandalore like what's the state of it like maybe that's where they're going with season three like you know because obviously he has to find these like these mines um so maybe that's where they're leading up to um, but going back to Boba, so yeah, so he has to leave the covert, um, and then he we get a great scene where the he he's on this transport, uh, going to Tatooine, and then we get the uh, the Star Wars TSA, <laughs> and he's so like funny. stripping all his weapons off. I feel like I I felt Mando on a personal level because like every time I go to the airport, I hate TSA. With oh, passion. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't so have funny. as many weapons as Mando, but. <laughs> That's so but great. I, I just thought that was a great scene. So, and then we, yeah, we get to see him on the transport, and uh, you know, he's just he's kind of like you know pondering the state of things. I mean, you know, see that cute little napkin that he had, and I, it's so funny because I feel like even in Star Wars, there's always a weird kid staring at you on a plane. <laughs> he like has a he's like like doing this, and he starts laughing, and the, the Bob's like he gives the card. <laughs> No, yeah, it's so funny. That's so true, though. That's why they take they asked him to take the weapons off because if there was a crying kid on the plane, he would have shot everybody. <laughs> What's so funny? You wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a great scene. So, and then we get so now he arrives on Tatooine, and you know we're kind of almost caught up with Boba Fett. But before we get to there, um, so he he meets back with um Peli Mato, uh, played by Amy Sedara. She was the repair lady from um you know the first two seasons and you know we at remember in season two he lost the razor crest uh because moff gideon shot it down um so now he's in need of a new whip so pelimato is like oh well i got something for you so <laughs> and, and exhibit like, was there like yo we're the about to pimp your ride <laughs> <laughs> like han and dom toretto were there and drink a corona <laughs> That would have been like too perfect. Like they should have asked us to direct that scene. <laughs> I think people knows what bleeds. <laughs> oh boy! Honestly, they should have called my homeboy Moncala from the second season. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could have just duct taped that shit together. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like calling that dude for our podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, and then we get this great scene where you know. She has this this little project going on, and you know, obviously, the Razor Crest was an iconic ship, you know. And how do you how do you top that, right? With another iconic ship, yeah. And what do we get? The N one Nabu Starfighter from Phantom Menace. I could not believe that they pulled that that. Uh, like, what did you think of that? Because I was just like, it was that so was great because there's so, you know, it's, it's funny because there's so many mentions in the comic books of that. And, um, it's very, it's, I was going to say, it's very scary. <laughs> I was too stuck saying that. It's, uh, it's, it's very like emotional seeing that in the comics, right? There's always ties to the Phantom Menace and also, um, the Queen of Naboo. So like here, um, I'm glad we got some mentions of that. And it's, you know, the, the whole thing about Naboo too, it's so artisanal. Everything is like handcrafted and so high class, and like even this lady's like mentioning, like yeah, everything's handcrafted. It's so interesting to Custom see. Made. Yeah, it's it's amazing. 
Um, I like feel kind of like like there's a sour taste in my mouth because I even pre-ordered the Haslabs uh, Razor Quest, and that's it's like damn man, and then they destroyed it after I pre-ordered that. So, but after some modifications, I um, must say that this is my favorite. Uh, like I don't choose it over Razor Crest, but I I I can't wait for a vintage collection like 118 scale uh whatever that is that that's like that's that's hot and a little bubble there for uh i wonder who is gonna sit in the astromech slot as well but yeah what did you think about the whole the whole like experience of like rebuilding it i loved seeing that scene like where he's like helping her repair it because it's kind of a throwback to when quill helped him build the razor crest in the first season um and you kind of just like it's so like it's kind of like you're a part of it in a way like you're watching Oh, and I forgot to mention too. We also saw um, a familiar droid from yeah. Fallen Order, uh, BD. Well, I don't know if it was BD one, but the BD series yeah. droid from Fallen Order. So that was cool. Like it's so funny that you know they pull from like all these different lores. Like I mean, we've seen. I think the Dark Troopers were actually part of uh, Dark Forces too, um, but you know they don't just draw from like the movies and the shows. Now it's like from the video games too. So everything is canonized now, which I think is really interesting. Yep. But going back to that scene, I loved, you know, him, you know, and even like his relationship with the Jawas. Too. I love that, you know, she could speak Jawa too. I think that was really funny. That was <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like a Tinder page, like with the Jawa on or some shit. <laughs> how does that even work? I'm, I'm interested. I'm down. Like the, I'm a Google search away. They all look the same. So it's like, how do you differentiate? <laughs> Put it as like a Disney Plus documentary or like an extra. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, and then we get the end result. Uh. And it's it's funny because, you know, it it's kind of like calls back to Phantom Menace too, when when Anakin, you know, first um, you know, built his pod racer, in a way. So seeing that that end that final craft too, it was so cool because like the silver of it is kind of like reminiscent of his armor. So he stripped down all the yellow paint from it. So it, and I was gonna mention too because like Star Wars ships, are very like representative of their owners. So the semiotics of the starships because like. The Millennium Falcon, you know, represented Han, you know, because it was like unreliable. Uh, Slave One, you know, it was like a one-man arsenal like Boba. And even Anakin's, you know, Starfighters, um, you know, wore the colors of his pod racer. So the new Razor Crest, it's kind of just like, like, <laughs> like Din's new outlook on life and just like, yeah, yep. you know, his new relationship with like the, the Mandalorian. So I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it looks so slick. The only thing I have a problem with is like how is he gonna put like bounties in it? In that little bubble thing. <laughs> well, perhaps like as you're saying, maybe he's gonna leave that life behind later on. Like that's kind of like foreshadowing as well. Or also it's like a badass ship that you could take out. Like he was flying around that cruiser as well. Like mm-hmm. you could see like how uh capable that ship is. I-, I think it's actually maybe more so capable than uh the Razor Quest, uh, because it's like fully like world war ii type of like fighter just super like balls out like even the engine was so like hot roddy yeah um, that boost um yeah i just i and then the bubble i'm like wondering like he'll probably put the bounties inside that little in that little bubble thing. that's awkward though <laughs> that's so awkward imagine like going to the bathroom at, in that thing <laughs> yeah i felt bad because that was his like his like, his, like rv and now he has to like oh fuck let me go to the 7-eleven and just go back down and like i don't know hoth or something that's <laughs> well, so funny because it's like at first he had like a i don't know like a like a forerunner now he has like a like a cadillac in a way so yeah it's kind of like they shed away like because the razor crest was like so heavy so it's kind of like you know this new ship is like he you know, he deburdened himself. So it's kind of like he's more open and he's more flexible to things now. So that's what I mean. Like the ships are like representative of his identity. Yep. But I love seeing this ship so much. Like, and then when he flew through Tatooine, I think that was a direct callback to the Phantom Menace. It was. Ship. Yes. Because he flew through Beggar's Canyon and that was in yep. Phantom Menace when, when they did the whole uh, Boonta's Eve thing. Mm-hmm. So that was so awesome to see like, I love God, I love this show so much. But no, 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 no. Yeah, it was. It was a day. Like some people were comparing it. You can see it on screen right now. There's like some comparisons right there for you. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's Tatooine is like so rich with like history. Um, 
everything's like revolving around Tatooine. It's such like a shithole, but like it has so much memory. It's like that nice bar you went to when you were young and then you got to right. leave it. <laughs> you just had good memory, even though it was bad. You still had good memories. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like even that one scene, because I, I like, feel like John Favreau like threw this in there because there was that one scene where he was climbing up and it kind of reminded me of Iron Man 1 when he's testing his armor, like how high he can go. And then you kind of like see it like go into space. So I, I, I love that scene like so much. And then like, uh, and then, you know, he's flying past this like commercial cruiser. And then these two uh, Republic officers sh- uh, show up. And who do we see? Honestly, I forgot his name, but <laughs> me too. The, the one guy that was talking to Cara Dune and he's, and he's like, did you lose anybody? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. We get him back too. So everything like is such a reference. So and the guy like, next to him also played young Luke in uh, the season two finale oh, as really? well. Yeah. He was like, you know, just, you know, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every, everything is like uh, an Easter egg, but that was cool. Yeah. And like that, it, it must be really fast because he said that was like sublight engines. That wasn't even like yeah like hyperspeed yep so imagine how fast he he's probably gonna go but that'll be cool to like see like that ship next year maybe it's more like improved by by mando season three like he like he upgraded it mm-hmm. or something so or maybe i don't even know what he called it maybe it's like razor crest 2 or something but yeah i i love that ship so much. the book and of boba he, fett 2.5 he calls it <laughs> <laughs> even like the way he described it he's like it's so wizard <laughs> Oh yeah, that was like a callback to the Phantom Menace as well, wasn't that? Like one of the yeah. kids said that or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so then he, you know, he's got his ship back. And then, you know, who do we see next? Uh, Fennec. So she's there, and she's kind of like, Mando, uh, we need muscle, or Boba needs muscle. And then uh, he's like, All right, you know, bet I'll do it for free. Um, but there's one thing I gotta do first. I gotta visit a little friend, and then. Cut to concept art and <laughs> yeah, I Gorenson. So yeah, that's it's great how it how it ended on yeah. the cliffhanger. Yeah. So yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think we'll see next? I don't know because I'm like thinking there's not too many episodes left for the Book of Boba Fett. So do they want to like do another Mando centralized uh, episode and like take away from like Boba Fett's like whole show? Um, like the little friend, um, who is it? Obviously, probably just Grogu or or you know. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm excited for that though because I I really I felt like this was the best episode of, and that could be an unfortunate thing too for the Book of Boba Fett. But this is like the best episode that I feel like. And so yeah, I think most likely we're gonna see like maybe somebody tag along for the Book of Boba Fett and then have check out. Uh, maybe we'll get like another uh Luke like reveal or something like That's that. That's Another thing too. Are we gonna see Luke? Yeah, that, that whole thing is confusing because Kylo Ren, his tie-in graphic novel um, has like all these people there, like these young Jedi. And I'm like thinking, okay, so where did Grogu go? So perhaps the journey will continue in season three and Grogu will actually leave the Jedi like post where, where Luke is. Um, but I'm like wondering, like, w- is it possible to see like a young uh, Kylo Ren? Is that like, is that possible? You think that we might see like a young Kylo Ren? That'll be interesting. Or is is he like too, like he's not even like, I don't know, right? Like they Photoshop is that... Adam Driver's face on like some poor kid. <laughs> no, but like, is that a thing? Like, could we see like a like a toddler Kylo Ren? Maybe, perhaps. Like, that's another cool Easter egg. I'm just thinking as like a prediction that we might see. Like, or is it too early to like have that? I think it might be too early. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true because this this takes place before the sequels. Well, in the comics, I forgot how Luke looked, but I believe he looked a little bit older. Um, I don't think he looked like. We don't really know when when Han and Leia had Kylo. I mean, it's kind of in the comics they show it. They actually show the exact moment. I seen the birth, like they show everything, but I I forgot like yeah, exactly like you were where. There, like yeah, <laughs> no, I was. Like, I I seen the birth. Uba Uba. <laughs> I mean, I it's some t- like that's the thing. Like this whole because nothing is like concrete. Like the movies were like really concrete with like oh this is the information. Here it's like it, everything is like more like free like to which is also a good thing because you could like really don't have to worry about these restrictions of like where can I place this you know. Um, that's my prediction though. If that's impossible, uh, that's fine. But like I would love to see that. I think that's cool for for sure. We're gonna see Grogu. Um. But I also want to see Mando interact a lot with Boba. So, but give us your thoughts. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of weird how they posed it because we still have to wrap up, you know, the whole Pike Syndicate thing. Um, and you got to do that within two episodes. And you're kind of leading, you're kind of implying that, you know, Mando has to, because why, why throw Mando in here if he's not going to interact with Boba, right? That's kind of weird that they did that. Otherwise, it's just like episode one of season three. So for next episode, I don't, we could see Grogu possibly. Um, I, I don't know, because, you know, it's, it's, it really comes down to Boba. Everything like called back to Boba. So how is this going to relate? You know, back to maybe, maybe like Boba, like offers to help find him or something, um, and then like in exchange, like you know he'll be his muscle, because uh, also we have like Black Chrysanthemum too, and like the whole gang. So it, I don't know. It's very confused. It's very scary. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just not gonna be with Mando. Maybe actually I have to like go off somewhere real fast. I'll be right back, and then, so that the next episode is just all about Boba Fett, and then. Maybe it's so it's ending. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. So episode six uh, centralized around Boba. No Mando. He's going to come back. Episode seven, big battle ensues. Who shows up? Mando. Probably with like Grogu, like somewhere or something like that. And boom. And then why is he with Grogu? I thought he's training. Oh, we're going to let you know season three. Later on, they post an advertisement for season three. So that's that's maybe it. I don't know. There you go. I no, I think actually that's that's pretty accurate. Um just as Count Akram predicted. Ah, victory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's the only explanation I can I can think of cuz you know, why else have Mando if he's not going to interact with with Boba if he's not going to help him out? Um and I don't know, maybe do you think we'll possibly ever get like a Boba season 2? And it all depends like how the last episode turns out. Well, look, I think the last episode is going to turn out with a victory. I, and I think that, you know, he's going to like stay there as the, you know, the daimyo, right? And I, I think it's going to end well for him. Um, that could be kind of like Hawkeye because there's no season two of Hawkeye, but like it ends well for him, right? Like, okay, this is his, his fixed point right now. We don't have to do anything with him. It could end like that because I can't really see uh, a season two with just like, it's kind of boring, right? Like thinking about it like, oh, now we have more trouble. It, this isn't like Deadwood on HBO or something like that. So it's like... It's uh, very limited because it's yeah. only showcasing Tatooine. So you're kind of just like... I mean, like, Mando was the first time we've seen something off-world in this in this show. And like I said, like, unfortunately, like, this was the best episode. But if you really needed Din Djarin to make it interesting, then that just shows, you know, you really got to up your game in the, the next two episodes. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah, we still... We still have Ahsoka out there too, so I I have a feeling we're not gonna see a season two of Boba, but I feel like he's still gonna make an appearance somewhere. And even if they don't showcase Boba, you know, tomorrow Morrison, he's still like all the clones, right? So we could still see Captain Rex or Commander Cody or whoever, right? But um, yeah, I don't think this show really did service to Boba. I mean, it it explained a lot, like what happened, and we got the Sarlacc bit too, um. But I don't know. Do you think this series like lived up to what you expected? I think it wasn't meant to. I think that it was a very ballsy season uh, or just series because I feel like um, it wasn't going by people's expectations, but it was going by a resolution, a chapter in Boba's life and um, him to change his character and for him to gain a new perspective. And I think that's what it was about. It's unfortunate because a lot of people are expecting like maybe... Like, in my ideal world, I would think, oh, give us a prequel. Kind of give us, like, young Boba Fett going out and, like, like all these cool cameos. But in reality, it really is, like, a very uh, mature type of show um, story-wise. It's, it's trying to show this depth. Um, every Disney Plus show is a lot about, like, characterization. The, the only thing is The Mandalorian really is about uh, that plus uh, exploring other canon, right? Uh, this, that it did service, like, Fan wise, um, I think any appearance for Boba Fett, it'll it'll do like service, it's especially like a redesign as as much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I think out of one to ten so far, thinking about it from the other episodes we reviewed up to this point, I'm gonna give it a solid like eight or nine, just because I understand what they're doing. It's it's really all about um him becoming a different man. And I think I could I could really respect that. And Boba Fett craves respect, right? So 
that's my thoughts. What about you? That's pretty accurate. Yeah, I would say it's definitely not a nine, but it's definitely not a seven. So I would say it's good, but it's not great. It's not Mandalorian, but it's still because, you know, it's 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 more about Boba. But I feel like they're just like, I don't know, there's just something missing because I, I kind of wanted him to do more in the show. But I feel like, you know, he's not even up there yet because he's he's kind of there. But like it depends on how the next episode turns out, because if if he's still like needing to do all this shit before the final episode, um, then you kind of just lost me. But if, you know, next episode he does something crazy, you know, he's apparently like running a thing because he still hasn't even like really like claimed Tatooine yet. So how are you going to run like a intergalactic like crime network? Right. If you haven't even uh, claimed Tatooine yet. But I don't know. It's interesting, though, but yeah, this episode definitely was like a 10, 10 out of 10 for me. And it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, too. She directed oh, yeah. uh, Sanctuary and the Heiress. In, yeah, uh, in that's two, cool. Two. Kudos to you, Bryce. Uh, we're watching you. <laughs> but yeah, any any final thoughts? Uh, that is it for me, for sure. More revelations. And we definitely can't wait for you guys to see our next review. And new stuff coming out too, Peacemaker as well. Uh, we're going to record around like Thursday, Thursday, Friday, release it around like the weekend. So um, keep keep up. We'll keep you updated on Instagram as well. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to our review of Boba Episode 5. Be sure to follow us uh, because when Mando Season 3 drops, we're going to be all over that. And um, if you guys are interested, which I doubt, but <laughs> uh, you can watch our... We had a couple videos a long time ago before we uh, did our podcast um, on Instagram live uh, so you get the quality that you pay for unfortunately <laughs> but yeah we, we did a couple uh, Mando season 2 uh, episodes way back when and they're really good like the stuff we were talking about like I, lo- I miss like talking about I, w- I wish we had the podcast around that time because they were great episodes and you know we had, we had a lot to talk about so if you know if you want to get into Mandalorian um, they're great conversations I can it's on my, my Instagram page if you guys want to follow it. But yeah, like Akram said, uh, next episode is a Peacemaker episode 5 review coming probably around Friday at the time of this release, so check that out. Uh, we got a lot of coverage for Peacemaker as well, and if you haven't checked our last episode, uh, we went over news happening in entertainment, and we covered Moon Knight trailer, the Batman, and a plethora of other trending topics, so check it out. Um, but thanks again, guys. We'll catch you next time. But until then, thanks for having lunch with us. This is the way. This is the way. Mm-hmm.